For over 75 years, Moses has served this region with hustle, integrity, and caring. Our core values are what make us the number one provider of complete customer care, from sales to our service and parts departments, all the way to our body shop. I'm Reeves Kurtner, and this is In Your Business. Season one of In Your Business is presented by Moses Auto Mall of Huntington, online at mosesmeansmore.com and powered by the Huntington Regional Chamber of Commerce and Kindred Communications. This week, we're sitting down with Jason Moses, Executive Manager at Moses Auto Mall of Huntington, and we're talking about family businesses. Jason is a third-generation automobile dealer, and he's going to share his story of taking the reins of the family business, the challenges faced, and strategies that have kept Moses Auto Mall not only competitive, but at the forefront of the market. Let's get in your business. So Jason, let's start with, um, you know, what what is your background and your history first in the automotive industry? Let's start there. Okay, well, uh, you know, the the Moses family, the, the tradition is you start by uh, filling the Coke machines. You, you you have your own little business as a 12-year-old uh, where you fill the Coke machines, you pay or the Coke, you uh, pay for the Coke, you know, and you get to keep the money, keep the proceeds, which, and as a 12-year-old, you're usually not very good at. I, I, I know that I was the, uh, I, I upset my father several times because the machines were empty and my right. son has continued that tradition. Yeah. So, and my daughter. Um, so that's how you get your start. And then, you know, when I was 16, uh, I worked in the, I basically just was a, I don't know, gopher for like, I mean, sure. Cleaned the parts department, mowed grass, just did stuff. Uh, then one summer I worked in the service department and another su- summer I worked in a parts department. And then I believe my, between uh, uh, senior high school and freshman in college, I, actually, I sold cars Okay, for that summer. And I'd do that every summer and when I came back from college. I, you know, you could make, you could make, you know, make decent money and have some spending money to go back to school. Um, uh, I studied business at the University of North Carolina. Uh, and upon graduation, I didn't immediately come back to Huntington and get it back into the business. Uh, I kind of messed around for a little bit. And then uh, decide, you know, the, I always tell people the number one thing I learned in business school was that I didn't want to work for a big company, that working for myself seemed to make a lot more sense. So understand. Uh, eventually I was, I, I missed Huntington and came back and got in the, the business in 97 and uh, been doing that ever since. So, you know, you talk about all the different things that you've done there at the, at the, at the dealership. What was, uh, what was your favorite odds and ends types job. I mean, out of selling cars, parts department, stocking up the Coke machine, what was your favorite thing that you always enjoyed looking back on? Uh, you know, the funny thing is I really enjoy what I do today more than about anything. That's- um, uh, I, I like, uh, I'm kind of a numbers guy. I like, I like crunching in numbers. I like thinking about the big picture. Um, and so that's that. That's pretty much. I got it. Yeah, the best part of it for sure. me. You know, I really. Uh, I I do. I did. I think the other thing that I really liked was actually uh, working car deals, especially the complicated, the hard ones. You know, the ones the where yeah. where it's like, hey, these people are upside. You know, they they have negative equity in their car, and they're trying to figure out how to get to a payment, and they you know they have these needs, and it's like, all right, well, let's see, what, what can we, how can we structure this deal to 
to make this work for everybody. And yeah. that, that, that I always enjoyed that. I like that part too. I do. That the challenge of it and like, hey, we both want to get this done. So let's figure out a way to get this done. I like that. We'll talk about, let's, let's go back in time and, and talk about the history of Moses and, and how the, the dealership started. Sure. Um, so my grandfather was in Welch, West Virginia. Uh, this is in the right after World War II. He, he was a World War II veteran. Uh, and he found out that Lincoln was going to put a point into Welch. At the time, Welch was bigger than Charlotte, North Carolina. It was a, a booming town. Sure. S- stuff was happening. Uh, he, uh, he got on a train and went up to Cincinnati to try to get this point. And he, he, I love this story, I, so I'll share it with you. Yeah. He, he, uh, he didn't have an appointment. He showed up first thing in the morning to the zone manager uh, for Lincoln, uh, and the secretary's like, well, you don't have an appointment. You can just wait and right here and here in the waiting room and see what happens. And he sat there all day. And at the end of the day, the zone manager's like, who's this guy that's been sitting here all day? And she goes, oh, that's Mr. Moses. He doesn't have an appointment. He wants to talk to you about the franchise uh, down in Lincoln or down um, Welch. Welch. Mm-hmm. And so he, he, he finally brings him in. Turns out they were like in the same regiment or something. They hit it off, and, and uh, he says, well, if you can come up with uh, the, the money, the location, I'll, I'll get you that point. And he got some partners, and they, they put that, got the deal together, and all of a sudden he's a car dealer in Welch, West Virginia. Uh, he went to Marshall University, though, and he, he wanted to come back here. He ended up uh, – we, we had the, he had the Ford – dealership in Ashland, Kentucky for a little bit. Okay. Uh, and then uh, he finally got the opportunity to get Pontiac back here in Huntington, uh, down on uh, 4th Avenue, close to where we are now. Okay. Uh, and then moved out to our current location in 1970. Okay. Um, so then when did... You know, your 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 fa- talk about your father's involvement. Um, you know that that'd be, I guess, part two of, of the story too. He he followed in the family business he as well. Did. He went to Ohio State, studied business, uh, came back. You know, got married, had kids, and got in the car business. Yeah, and then so you talked about you you what what overall what inspired you? You said that after college you kind of bounced around a, a little bit, but what made you want to get into the family business and then get into the the, the, the car business? Uh, you know, the interesting, so I, I can't say I was super enthusiastic about getting the car business for a long time. Mainly when I was in like middle school and high school in the eighties, General Motors was making some pretty poor product and I mean, people would just give me a bunch of crap at school. Really? Oh gosh. Over the cars. And, yeah. you know, part of it is, you know, I'm sure it's, it's like, you know, it's kind of high profile, hey, Jason car dealer, you know, and the other part is that they'd complain about their cars to me. And it's like, man, really? You know what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how this is my fault. Yes. But, uh, and so I had a really negative outlook on the car business as a kid. Uh, but as I told you, I, I, the idea of working for myself uh, became very attractive. And when I got back into car business in 97, I can't say that I was completely sold on it still. I was still, I actually was kind of exploring, maybe going to law school. I was think, But I was like, you know, I'm going to try this out. And, and I got in it and, and I really liked it, you know. Uh, so '97, that's that we, you know, the internet's right. Oh gosh, here comes sure. the internet's going to change how you sell cars. Well, yeah, it changed how we sell cars. I mean, I was, I, you know, I was selling cars on the internet really early. How know? so? I mean, what was that process like in '97? Well, you get an email. It, it was a lot slower, of course, you know. But it was, it, you know, this wasn't a. It was very atypical. So, like the people that are buying from Carvana now, 
those people were they'd send an email hey i found your car there weren't any pictures that's right but i like this car sounds all right it's got the low it's got the miles i want and the price i want it's what i'm looking the color i want you know and you'd email them back yeah okay you can buy it for this and you know it just uh you know and we uh we've delivered cars all over the country sure um since that time and i you know we're not we're not necessarily ahead of the game with anybody at this point but uh, there for a while i'd say we were probably a little bit ahead of, of yeah I mean, you adapted to it early you saw uh, the opportunity there like hey if you want to shoot me an email we can we can right. sell I, a car I'll this contact way. you any way you want that's you know? right that's right. i still like that you know i mean uh general motors actually talked me into getting on facebook um i, I was not th- feeling facebook at all you know I, I, there was a couple months where i'd come home my well, my wife at the time, my ex-wife now, would be like, Facebook, Facebook, Facebook. And I was like, oh, whatever. And then I go to a General Motors meeting, and they, they, they're like, you need to get, it's going to be like the new Yellow Pages. So I'm like, huh, well, that makes sense. And I got on Facebook, and I sold a car off of Facebook like <laughs> in a week. And I'm like, oh, I like Facebook. Okay, I like Facebook now, too. <laughs> was there great. Was there any moment in, in, in like 97 when you went, okay, I do want, yeah, I know you said you want to work for yourself, but was there a moment you know, in those early days where you went, okay, I do want to do this for, for a career. It probably now. was in 97. Okay. Um, I don't know when it happened. But, yeah. Uh, you know, it was July 97 is when I came back. Um, and I, it probably was a year or two later when I was like, you know, and I got, and I got married and I got kids and yeah, I don't, I don't really, I don't really remember if there was a moment, but yeah. it got, just got to be more and more fun all the time. I got more and more entrenched in the business. Moses Amal of Huntington has been the region's premier Cadillac dealership for over 20 years. To see our selection of new and pre-owned Cadillacs, visit us online at MosesMeansMore.com. Share the story of you know how you transitioned into your role now as as executive manager. Sure. Well, it, it's it's not the best story because uh, so in 2006 I was the general sales manager. I was running the sales department. My father was still very much involved in the business. He basically. He took care of the books and the service department, and I took care of the sales department. And uh, he uh, he he w- he thought he was having trouble swallowing. He thought he had a uh, his some kind of hernia. I can't remember what it is mm-hmm. now. And it turned out he had uh, esophageal cancer. Um, so he immediately said, I, "I you know if you research esophageal cancer, it's it's a very grim outlook." Um, and so he immediately said. Man, I'm 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 done. I'm retiring. Mm. Um, going to try to beat this, and he was dead 15 months later. Jeez. Okay, uh, and so hello, yeah, I'm sure. in charge. Sure. So I mean, prior to t- 2006, were there conversations about the yeah, future? Yes, I was all. We were already planning on me buying into the company at yeah. that point. Yeah, and then so so talk about that when when he's you know, fighting cancer. You're you're thrown into this new role. What was the, what was it like at the beginning? You know, it really, uh, it really wasn't that hard. Uh, he was playing a lot of golf at that time. Got it. Okay. <laughs> you know, I just had no, no, I, just, I, I just took on a few more responsibilities. I had to, you know, I had to uh, do the financial statement, which uh, you know, numbers. Hey, uh, yeah, you know, I, it's funny because I was probably asking him questions like, huh. Okay, that wasn't a problem. You know, and the service department was a little different. I mean, I've had some experience with it, but, you know, all of a sudden you have to hire a service manager. I mean, at the time, I didn't actually. One of the other benefits of this is we had a very solid managerial team when he got, 
uh, when he would when he reti- retired. And I actually kept that managerial team until, or I think COVID. So for sure. another twelve years, we had the same people doing the same jobs, basically. Sure. Um, so it, it, it was a it was a fairly fairly easy transition. Really, yeah. I sure. can't say that you know it was it, it it took a lot. Yeah. Talk so so you know going going back to two thousand six to to now. Uh, the, the car automotive industry has changed so much. What have been some of the biggest changes that you've seen, and how has how have you and how has Moses uh, adapted to those changes? You know, it's funny. Uh, the, the car business has changed, but still the same. You know, it's still uh, pe- you know people just want to get a good deal on a car and they want to buy it from somebody that they like and trust and they know are going to take care of them. So that part. Uh, really hasn't changed a lot. The cars obviously have changed a lot. GM is be- making a better car now. Yes, <laughs> they are. Yes, they are. Everybody's making a better car. You know, it's in the '80s. There's a lot of junk out there. Right. Man, you can't make junk these days. That's you, right. You make a bad car, it, it, you, you, it just goes away. That yeah. car goes away. That's right. Uh, there's people just, are smarter now, right? People are smart. Well, yeah. there's just so much information out yes. there. You know, you, you, uh, you, you don't like your car, you. Uh, and and everybody's just gotten better, I think, too. You know, manufacturing processes improved and technology's improved. Um, you know, the cars are great. All yeah. the cars. It, you know, it's the, there's very little differentiators between different vehicles these days. But you, you talk about people wanting to buy a car from someone they like and they, they want a deal, they want a good car. But you, you mentioned Carvana earlier. I mean, you do. And I know, like, that company's having issues right now. Oh, yeah. Right? But, I mean, where do you think that model fits into the, the world of, of still going to the lot, well, talking the, to a the car The number guy? one thing Carvana has right now is they have a very solid uh, digital retail platform, their sure. software. You know, you go online, and it's very easy to buy a car from them. But the problem is most people don't want to buy a car that way. Most people want to touch it and drive right. it. Most, you know, yes. that, that number, the number of people that are willing to buy it sight unseen is growing every day. It's, there's no doubt about that. Sure. But it, it's gone from like 5% to 10% to 15 Maybe it's up to 20% now. So one out of five wants to buy it that way. The other four want to buy it the old way. That's right. And, and, and when I say the old way, they, I'm sure that we can improve our process, that we can improve on how we interact with sure. those people. Uh, all retailers can do that. But for the most part, they want to talk to a person and they want to drive the car before they buy it. That's right. Do people, you know, I, I know when I've bought a vehicle, I've already had it pretty much picked out before I went. I did. Yeah, I did no, want to see it. I did want to touch it. But, you know, going to that's the web. That's very common. Yeah. Are people, do people still just go blind? Haven't looked at a car. I'm just going to walk around the lot and see what you got. I, I would say those people are, are, are less... Uh, they're less numerous than the people that just buy sight on scene. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's probably 1%, 10% tops, somewhere around there. Sure. Uh, you know, but I, it's interesting, mo- back in the, the pre, let's say pre-internet, people visited like three or four dealerships before they bought a vehicle. Sure. That was like industrial average, right? You know, a statistic. Now it's one point. Two or one point three, right? And I always tell people the only reason they go to the second one is because the first one messed up. That's true. You know, right. they, they they would all like to just go to one. Yes, but sometimes you go in and and either the story is not exactly what you saw online, or you just the salesperson just did a really poor job That's with right. that person, and they're like, I'm not buying this car from this person, and they go to the next place. That's right. So 
we're, we're 80 years. Uh, I'm not really good at math, but we're close to 80 years uh, with with the history of, of Moses, right? Yeah, uh, 76, going, I think. Okay. You, and you mentioned, you know, you said you had pretty much the same management team um, after uh, up until COVID. Mm-hmm. How is, you know, Moses had in a, a work environment like that where you've had employees stick for with with the the business for such a long time uh well you, you know, I, I my feelings are you know I, I we try to treat people like family um you know family values are, are important to my family um and you know I, I, we're not perfect but most of the time you know we we try i just try to take care of the folks that take care of us and take yeah. care of my customers you know uh, and I, you know, I feel like we've done a pretty good job, and that's why people stick around. Are there like Moses automotive values, like family values that you, that you think's been passed for those those seventy six years or so? Well, so we went through that. We we hired a business consultant to, and to kind of, and one of the things that we had to do was identify core values, and the, the three core values for my store, personally, my store, yeah. are hustle, integrity, and caring. Uh, and you know, when we we went through that process, they're like, "Well, just think of someone that represents your store, and then pick out their attributes. What makes them? Why do they work?" And we talked about my father and a guy that's been with us. He's retired twice, I think, and he's still working for me. <laughs> right, right. Frank Donnelly. He's been with us for forever. And you know, we just come up with, man, these people hustle. Frank is the uh, the epitome of hustle. Um, they care. They care about people. They care about other people. And in integrity, you know, we do what we're going to say, what we say we're going to do. Right. So, um, you know, we've tried to find people that have those same values. And if you have those same values and you want to work, you know, then you, you typically fit in. What what percentage of your customers are, are repeat customers? Oh, gosh. I, I don't know the percentage, yeah. but it's high. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and again, that's going back to the the... the the car lot thing, if they went to 1.2, you, you screwed it up. But yeah, right. if you get it right the first time, they'll come back for, for, for the next one you know, or their kid's car. There's all so kinds forth. of statistics out there saying that if you get your vehicle, sir, you're very likely to get buy your vehicle wherever you get service, which makes sense, right? You That's know? right. Uh, and you're very likely to service your vehicle. You're less likely to service the vehicle where you buy it. It, it doesn't work, quite work the opposite. Yeah. Is what I'm trying to say, but it, uh, so a lot of our customers, they bought, you know, they've been buying their vehicles and getting them serviced from us for a long time, and that's our core yeah, sure. customer base. You know, on on and like again on the the, the history, um, having a, having a family dealership again going back 76 years or so, it's rare, right? I think rarer these days. Um, Huntington's got a, a couple of families like that in our Tri-State area that that are second, third generation, and so forth, but. You know, we see guys and, and acquiring other dealerships and, and things like that. But I mean, what, do you think that that matters? Like that history, th- that name, and that history matters in this area. Do, do people care about that still? I definitely. I think it matters in any community. You know, I, when you see that stability, it just makes you feel good. I mean, if, if nothing else, if you don't know me, if you don't know my family, but you know that we've been in business for seventy six years, like those people are probably doing something right. That's right. That's right. So I'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt. Yes. Yeah. They know. They. You're right. They might not know you. They know the name. Right. You, you got to know that name. Gosh. They. I mean. You know. We've been sponsoring little league teams. I mean. I. You know. Since I was a little boy. Longer than that. You know. And and so you're like. They have that name recognition. Man. They've been here a long time. And yeah. They, they. You know. They. They gotta be doing something right. Moses Auto Mall of Huntington has been the region's professional grade GMC dealership for over 20 years. 
To see our selection of new and pre-owned GMCs, visit us online at MosesMeansMore.com. Talk about that you, you, community involvement. What what things do you all do, you know, for the community, and, and why do you do it? You mentioned little league teams, high school, Marshall. What 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 all do you all do, and why is that important? Uh, well, I you know, if this community is strong, that helps. My dealers, you know, I, I'm not going to get rich selling cars to people 100 or 200 miles away in service because they're not going to drive the service. You know, it's just, that's, that's right. I got my, my customer base is this town. Uh, so you, you feel like you have to try to make the town, you know, if you, the community's stronger, I'm stronger. Yes. Uh, and so what we st- what I started doing a, a while back, what I found, this is, this is another story that I've shared from time to time. Um, you know, I, 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 I started to realize that when people ask me to contribute to a cause or an event or, uh, whatever, uh, they, if they caught me on a good day, I mean, it could be you know the worst charity out there, and I'd write them a check. And and if it was you know they caught me on a bad day, it could be Mother Teresa herself could walk in, and I'd just say you know beat it, lady, I'm busy, <laughs> which is a terrible way to make decisions. That's right, we're human. So, so what I what I did is I formed a community. We call our outreach committee, and it's made up of uh, employees at the at the store, um, you know, and it we have meetings every other Wednesday and, and when I get an ask, um, we, we talk about in the committee and, like and, that. and we try to, you know, we've polled our, uh, our, the rest of the team, the, even the people that don't, con- that aren't on the outreach committee, we polled them to say, Hey, what, what groups are important to you? What, you know, what do you like that we've done in the past? What don't you like? Uh, and we've got them rated and what we've done in the past. And, and so we, uh, you know, we, when we get an ask, we talk about it as a group and we decide if that's something we want to do, you know, and if, do, we, do we feel good about the organization? Do we feel good about the event? Um, and uh, we just try to make our best decision. I like that. Um, you talk about, you know, challenges. How, how did you all deal with the, you all, you know, with COVID, um, auto Auto dealers were able to stay open, service, you know, we were essential business and so forth. But how did you deal with, with just the beginnings of COVID? And I know COVID has led to other problems with supply sure. chains and so forth, but just COVID itself, how are you able to handle well, all that? When, when it, you know, when it looked like for, I think it was March and April of 2020 were two of the worst months I've ever, April was, I mean, nothing was going on. Business wise? Business wise. Oh yeah, trust me. I mean, it was just like shut down central. Now, May, June, all of a sudden things went crazy again. Um, but you know, the, the number one thing when, when that started, I was like, I'm not letting a single person off. We are going to work. If there's no customers, we'll go and paint or we'll train. Or we're going to do something. I, I am not going to pay people to stay home. That's right. I don't believe in that. I believe in working. We're going, we're going to be here and we're going to work. I'm not going, and everybody's still, no, I'm not laying a single person off. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, of course, you know, it was very short lived and all of a sudden we were hopping again. Oh, that's right. I know. <laughs> um, which is, which is great. That's the way it's supposed to be. I mean, you know, uh, people, people are not made to be locked into their room, no, no, in no. their rooms. They're made to get out and do things. That's yeah. what we're here for. Any other challenges that you've had, um, you know, over, over your 15, 17 years of, of, of being involved in the deal, you know, again, in this role now? Well, it just, you, just some, you know, there's these crazy, the cash for clunkers, man. You know, I, I, I'm clearly I'm follically challenged. And I think it was from cash for clunkers. Re- re- refresh everybody's memory. I remember the so, name. I kind of remember the program a little bit, but please. It, you could bring in a vehicle that got bad, poor gas mileage. 
and buy a, a vehicle that had that got good gas mileage and we would you know we, we would give you like very good money for this vehicle that's not worth very much you know it was government subsidy i you know you, it didn't even have to I, did it have to run i can't even remember right i know run. yeah but anyway and this is like in response to like the 2008 2009 recession right well, it was the the gas? Okay. Yeah, yeah, in a recession. Yes, that's right. Yeah, uh, and man, I was just so nervous about the government actually paying me. Okay, you know, you had to fill out this documentation. Oh, and you had to submit it all online. It was very stressful, you know. And I, I personally submitted every single deal to the government because I, you know, I mean, it's, for, it's like thirty five, forty five hundred dollars, which was the whole car deal. That's I mean, right. Yeah. If I don't get that money. I went backwards on every single one of those That's deals, right. you know, and we and man, we were just sold out of Nissans. I mean, we were almost completely sold out of Nissans because they were all pretty fuel efficient okay. at the time. I mean, I remember this: we truck of verses came in, and people came in the next day. It's like, hey, we saw you got a truck of verses in. It's like, yeah, the white one. I was like, yeah, we already sold it. <laughs> uh, we all had a blue one too. It's like, well, we sold that one too. And right. Go, oh, there was a silver one. I was like, yeah, we'll take that one. Okay. Right. You know, I mean, just these vehicles just flew off the. Well, and again, that, and again, that was. Right after 2006, you know, when you you know, transitioned into this role too, all the all right. at the same time. That's right. You know, so what what did you work with your grandfather? No, my grandfather was already retired. Okay, when I started working there, learn anything from him though? Just growing oh, gosh. up. Oh man, my my grandfather was a firecracker. Yeah. Hmm. What about your dad? Uh, you I mean, know, I, the 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 main things I think I learned from both of them were more about not so much business, but values you know do what you say you're going to do sure uh take care of your family right um you know my my father was a great father yeah yeah you imagine i mean going back to to 1945 46 whatever what whatever year it was um in welch west virginia and and was he married when he put that dealership in? I'm pretty sure, yeah. You imagine, I mean, yeah. I don't know, just imagine that conversation. Hey, we're going to put a Lincoln dealership here in Welch, West Virginia. And I understand that that town was booming back then, but that's a that's a gamble. I mean, oh, I, it is. Well, right? Uh, you know, anytime you open, I don't care what kind of business you open, when you when you put your name on the line and start your own business, you're taking a risk. You're yeah. taking a gamble. Yeah. You know, especially something new, again, you know, like that, yeah. too, where, we're, you know, the, the, the car business was blowing up back then, too, like that, right. that way, too. Um What's the future look like? What what's what's your your plans with the dealership? I know you have two children in, in college. Or do they have any interest in the? My son says he's going to be better at this than I am. Right? <laughs> what's he that may mean? be right. No, no, that's that's okay. I hope he is. Right? I do, oh, I'm rooting for him. That's great. What, what? How's that make you feel when he says that? Has he worked at the dealership already? He's done the Coke machines. Yeah, yeah. He started there at the Coke machines. Yeah, he's done the Coke machines. He's worked there a little bit. Um, you know, uh, uh, my ex-wife and I had have a little difficulty trying to in the summers it's like we both want to take them on vacations they got stuff going on you know and I, and I can't have them work two days a week you yeah. know I mean it's hard to find a job for him at the dealership where he's only there two days a week that's both right. of them so they've worked down there for you know a little bit not as much you know I, I work basically 40 hours a week when I in my summers but that's right uh, it was a different that was a different situation a different time yeah but that's good that's good that he's you know interested in that I mean he's definitely my, my daughter at this point is not interested but right. you know things can change there too. You of course, never know. you weren't either. I wasn't either. You that's know, right. so um, but that that's good. I mean, same way. I um, I didn't know what I wanted to do at that age. So um, there's obviously you know still time too. So um, anything else that that let me ask you this when again when you're working with your dad, you know, 
he 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 ran the show. I know you said he was kind of golfing a lot there. Uh, At the towards, end. And that's, there's nothing wrong with that, but they still he was the one you know signing the checks and so sure. forth. But how did you deal with different opinions that hey, I think we should do it this way? Well, I decided very early on. You know, our relationship was great, and I wanted to keep it that way because I'd heard stories about him and his my my grandfather okay. having problems. You know, so I decided very early on that I would rather sink with the ship than to blow up our relationship. That's right. And, and we never really had any run-ins, yeah. you know? And I don't know if that's, you know, if we disagree, just like, okay, you know, okay. But I really don't even remember disagreeing on a whole lot sure. of stuff, yeah. to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, we had a great time. Yeah. This has been In Your Business. I'm your host, Reeves Kurtner. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like, subscribe, share, and even leave us a review. Season one of In Your Business is presented by Moses Auto Mall of Huntington. Moses means more.com empowered by the Huntington Regional Chamber of Commerce and Kindred Communications. This is Jason Moses, Executive Manager of Moses Auto Mall of Huntington, where Moses means more. Thanks for listening to In Your Business.